You're listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook. You have your Bible, or you can turn to Matthew 1.21, or as always, it's uh, printed in the order of worship. It's just one verse that we're going to be looking at today uh, with a lot of significance. As uh, many of you know, uh, we were just out of a series on the names of God, and now we're going into a series entering Advent discussing the names of Jesus, that's His Son. Now, we're not really changing gears. We're just entering really a new chapter. We're, we're entering a new season uh, in the church calendar in Advent. It's a time of, of anticipation, as a lot of people want to describe it. Advent simply means coming. They're talking about when Jesus, we anticipate the first coming of Jesus and also the second coming ultimately uh, when he comes back and returns. And this time is, it should be the feeling of a little child getting ready for a birthday uh, except for we are getting ready for Jesus' birthday. We're anticipating Christmas, the celebration of Jesus' birth. So let's start at the very beginning. Mary, mother of uh, Jesus, is about to bear a son here. The angel comes to Joseph, and he's sharing a couple of thoughts from heaven. So let's read our verse in Matthew today to see what we can learn about the birth of Jesus here. Um, and we'll be looking at... Um, as we said before, uh, three points here in the outline. The bearing of the Son, the naming of the Son, and the Savior of His people focus on Jesus, the God who saves. So let's, let, let's read our passage for the day. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Father God, thank you uh, for sending your son. Thank you that you are a God that saves. Thank you that you're not a God that's up there just waiting for us to work our way up. But you broke through heaven to reach down to us, to relate to us in a way uh, that we can never understand. Uh, help us see that clearly today. Help us to understand more about what you would have us to learn in this way. In Jesus' name, amen. So in the beginning of the story today, here we have this teenage girl, Mary, who's engaged to be married to a nice Jewish boy, Joseph. And then she starts to show signs of being pregnant. Did any of you grow up in a small town like I did? Word gets around fast when things like this happen. The word on the street in the whole village here is that either Joseph and Mary have been unfaithful to God in keeping their vows that they would not have intimate relationship until they got married, or Mary has been unfaithful to Joseph to whom she's about to marry. Either way, whether it's fair or not, Mary is going to be shunned and maybe even worse, a social outcast. Her fiancé Joseph has options here. Mary doesn't. He can say, I don't know what happened, but I know that we never had relations, therefore I'm leaving and I'm saying that she was unfaithful to me. Or he can stick it out. So here in this passage today, we have a person with a dilemma. Does Joseph run away from the situation or does he stay? This dilemma may be more, not just about Joseph, but maybe it's the same dilemma that we'll find ourselves in different ways in 
today. So uh, let's look at our passage today. It's going to be one verse uh, and three points. Let's talk about a bearing of the son, of his son. It says here, verse 21, and she will bear a son. This is the angel talking to, uh, about Mary. She will bear a son, saying, this is going to be the gender. This is what's happening. It's such a simple statement, but it has so many ramifications. The birth of Jesus was like this. After his mother, Mary, was engaged to Joseph, before they were married, she found herself pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And it was about to become a bit of a scandal. And Joseph, her husband, being a good man, respecting the community, was not about to make her publicly disgraced. And he intended to put her away secretly, to hide it. But when he was contemplating what to do about these things, God sent an angel uh, that appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, by the way, Joseph uh, was from the, the, the lineage of King David. And the angel said, don't worry about all this. Don't be afraid to take your wife Mary, because what's conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. It's a work of the divine. It's not from another man. She will give birth to a son, but Joseph, it's not even close to what you would expect. Now listen, Joseph, it's going to take a lot of faith to, to believe this, but remember, for all these years, all your people have talked about the Messiah coming. He's about to enter the world. And it's not like anybody is thinking. He's coming to your household as a little baby. And your fiance, Mary, is about to give a miraculous birth, birth as a virgin to a child. Now that's a lot to take in, not just for Joseph, but trying to understand it on ourselves. That God broke through our world through the womb of Mary, a teenage that it was just that it was, she was just trying to do the right thing and so was Joseph so what can we learn here uh, in the first point about the way that Joseph received this from God and how Mary received it see it didn't make sense they didn't, they, they didn't ask for this yet they trusted God and received what God was doing by faith so here's the first question today what do you do in life when it gets confusing, when it doesn't make sense? Do you try to get rid of the mystery? Do you try to explain it away? Do you try to control it? Do you try to hide it? God sometimes is just asking you to receive it the way he is bringing it. Let's move on to our next point, the naming of the son. Uh, and it says here, and you shall call his name Jesus. So here's another thing. So Joseph accepts the situation he receives the news from the angel, but then, to make it more complicated, he's informed that he can't even name his own son. The angel says, God will name your son. Can you imagine not being able to name your own son? But there's a very important reason for this. See, the angel told Joseph to name Mary's son Jesus. First of all, it's a statement of acknowledgement that Joseph does not have authority over this child. This child is the Lord of Joseph and all of mankind. It's an act of submission from the beginning in Joseph's life because Jesus is God and God is God. We don't get to have God on our own terms. And we have to come to terms with this fact or we will always be frustrated or we will always reject 
the better part of who God is. We have to come to terms with God calls the shots. He is in control. Not in a demeaning way. Not in a, a, a way of saying, you need to get in the corner. And look, but, but as a call to submission to the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost that knows what's best for us and calls us to a bigger life than we can ever dream up on our own. We must come to terms with this reality in life. See, we all like the idea of Jesus as the servant and coming into our lives as a servant, meaning we say, God, help me. Come and give me assistance. I need you. Will you serve me in this way? But we don't like the authority, meaning we also say, God, I need you in my life, but don't put terms and conditions on my life. Here's the problem. You can't have it both ways. This is who God is. And this is the role that he plays in our lives. This is what we have to remember. The Bible often discusses the significance of not only saying it's the authority there, but also of the name Jesus. Being a faithful Jew and a just man, Joseph would have known what this meaning of this name was. When he heard that name Jesus, that's not the first time people have heard that. Although he may have not have been fully aware of the significance of Mary giving birth to him. In the child, Jesus, or Yeshua, the name literally means Yahweh is salvation. God is salvation. And it's reaching its fulfillment because it was to let everybody know that Jesus had come, was God in flesh and blood, had come to save his people. Yeshua, or Jesus, was God's promise to the world. He was the Messiah that had been predicted for thousands of years through the prophets of Israel and all out Hebrew, throughout Hebrew history. When we study the New Testament, all, in the Old Testament, we often miss the connection that we have here in his wonderful name. Which brings us to our last point, the Savior of his people. For he, it says here, for he will save his people from their sins. So the angel tells Joseph that he will call him Yeshua, uh, meaning Savior or God is salvation or just salvation. And the angel also says to Joseph, he will save his people from their sin. Calling out from the beginning, literally at his birth, this is his destiny. Stating that in his very name, this is what he was born to do. But here's another thing you need to think about. When the angel said uh, that Jesus would save his people from their sins, He's talking about two aspects of that. First of all, we understand that as unbelievers, there's an acceptance of Jesus comes to die, a baby born to die, to take the penalty of our sins, the wrath of God away from us. People like you and I that broke God's heart, uh, Jesus on the cross takes that. He takes the condemnation and the death that we deserve so that we can, by faith, live now and forever as unbelievers. But even as believers, Jesus is saving his people from the power of sin so that we can recognize that we have a new life. We don't have to live where we are. We're not stuck at any given moment where we are in our life in places that we don't like to be. We, it's a promise of new hearts, empowering us to take the, the habits of our life that we hate to stare down the bad habits that we have, the wrongdoing, the sin that we have, and live a life of freedom and flourishing as human beings. Those are the two aspects 
of it as unbelievers, but also as believers. A lot of times we focus on the role of Jesus dying to save us from hell and guilt and shame, but let's not forget that he also died that we may be empowered to live in a manner pleasing to him and live a life that we can thrive as men and women. So here's the question today. At this time in your life, in this season of hope, we just lit the hope candle. People are going to be talking about hope uh, during this Christmas season. Um, have you lost hope? Are there habits in your life that you think you will never overcome? Is, are, is there suffering that you're going through that you can't see the end of right now? Are there people around you that you think are never going to change? Never be able to change? Jesus coming to earth gives us tangible hope that those things can change. By realizing that in, in our, by meeting us in our suffering and our vulnerability, he made himself uh, vulnerable, that we can experience change and hope in lives in the world. This is exactly how and why Jesus came, to bring those things into our lives and the lives of the people around us that we can't do on our own. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the idea of Emmanuel, God with us. Today is a reminder to all of us that at a specific point in time, God broke open heaven and sent his son to meet us in a physical way on earth, meeting us just where we are in relationship, in our suffering, in our lives, in our vulnerabilities. Why? Because we couldn't do all of this or any of this alone or on our own. So here we come full circle today. The dilemma of Joseph is really our dilemma. When life seems hopeless and doesn't make sense, or you don't have direction, or you find yourself in a miserable place, what are you going to do? You're going to take matters into your own hands? You're going to try to take control of the situation? Are you going to just give up? Are you ignoring it? Maybe you'll be tempted to just run away like Joseph, like he could have done. Or will you submit to the fact that God is in control and turn it over to him, or even better, receive the provision that he is making and will make in your life, accepting by faith that he has a better life for you through sending his son as a little baby to die on your behalf. When you look to him today and receive the gifts, or maybe the gift through Jesus that he is offering you this Christmas season, let's think about that as we come to the table. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for all these uh, marvelous things. And Lord, at times, it's just too much to take in. Not only that, but there's so many people here today, like myself, I just think, I want to believe it. But it just seems too good to be true. Would you work these truths down in our heart and into our lives? Will you help us to walk by faith and not by sight? Will you help us to cling to faith and hope and love in the midst of this season? Would you remind us how good you are and how much power is in the fact that you sent your son to be born, uh, but to also die and to live again, to be resurrection. Help us to remember those things. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook.